0: My daughter is almost 10. She's my only girl, and I can't believe that I get to be her dad. Sometimes I worry about her future, though. Mostly the typical stuff, I think, like having to do with what life is going to look like for her as she gets older. I have many hopes for my children, but one of the main ones is that they will be strong enough to weather the storms they face as they grow up, and to weather them well. Mio Strong has seen a series of changes and shifts throughout her 23-year career as a photographer that have contributed to an enviable strength and a formidable will. She's the embodiment of an empowered person and a tremendous example of someone who loves themselves well so that they can love others well. The more I spoke with Mio, the more I was struck by this, and I realized that there isn't much more I could wish for my own little girl. This conversation has been kind of like dangling out there for me for a while. Because I knew I was going to ask you to do this a while before it even like was made official. Really? Oh, that's Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Because like when I think of, um, when I think of our industry now, I think of women photographers. Like, that's because I remember 20 years ago, I didn't think of it that way. It was like mostly all these old school dudes. Right. That was a boys club that had these studios. And I and I understand that that's even how that's that's an accurate, relatively accurate way to refer to it. I didn't even think about it along those lines, probably because I'm a man Mm -hmm. and I'm not a photographer, but I do. You know, it's pretty easy to think back to those days and think, yeah, it was a bunch of guys and a lot of them were like older middle-aged to older men that had these studios that that's who took your portraits. Yeah. That's who took pictures, right? That's what a photographer looked like. And these days it couldn't be more different. You know, it's young and it's vibrant and it's, and it's dominated by women. Um, and I love, I love it.
1: <laughs> I think it's,
0: I do. I think it's so great.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. It's a um, shift.
0: With that in mind, there are, in my mind, certain women that really stand out as strong and fearless and fierce. Really, maybe is a good word. And you're one of the people that stand out to me as 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 somebody that represents that movement. Hmm. Does that sound strange? I mean, I met you in 2005. Yeah, it's been a while. Right, fourteen years ago, like this month, is when I met you and Laura.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah,
0: it's a little. I thought about the other night. (laughs) We're old. Jen, it was like I was like, that was probably like eight or nine years ago. Nope, it was fourteen years (laughs) ago. And and so you two kind of always been like that way for me. Like that's how I see you. And now you've done so much more, even right? Because you weren't. Beating people down back then, were you?
1: No, I was hustling, working over full time, trying to make six figures a year.
0: Okay, so now with all of that out of the way, and I don't know how much I'll even cut out of that because I feel like I rambled when I was trying to express what I was saying. (laughs) Tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself and a little bit back and then up till now and then moving forward yeah
1: so uh my name is Mio Strong Mm -hmm. and I'm actually a third generation portrait photographer my grandparents owned a portrait house and my mom she was a portrait photographer for a little while and um retired as a commercial photographer so I've been in the industry 23 years and so definitely the old boys club was what I had to break into
0: right is that how you looked at it Oh 100%. Like con- conscientiously, Then is that how you looked at it? Oh
1: yes, I remember very vividly like going to the Mormon temple in Utah mm-hmm. and there's a waiting room where all the photographers wait for their brides to come up. Oh okay. And being asked several times, "Oh, whose assistant are you?" Oh Who really? are you here with?
0: That was just an assumption. Uh, just an just assumption. A yep, just, just a given. Yeah, just a given. You just assistant.
1: Yep. I'm sorry. I'm a young female and I'm here to shoot this wedding. (laughs) Like, Get out of my way, boy. (laughs) And did
0: you have that attitude back then too? Pretty much from Um, the get go.
1: Yeah. I've always had a chip on my shoulder about feminism and equality. Uh You know, it's always been um, a huge driving force in my life. So yeah, yeah, I was intimidated inside, but outside they never saw that. They just saw, you know, a big smile and nope, I'm here. I'm owning it. I'm here to shoot the wedding on my own. Thanks. Whose assistant are you? (laughs) You know, just turn the tables, throw it
0: back on them. Right. Yeah. Cause it can right. be just as innocent. Right? Of course. And well, now I
1: love, right. I have <laughs> ma- the majority of my assistants are male. Awesome. Yeah. And it's not by design. It's just, uh, you, whether it is or whether you it know. isn't, it's pretty, I think it's still pretty <laughs> but cool. But it's great. Sure.
0: Right. Yeah. W- what, what has it looked like then in the last 23 years getting from there to here?
1: It's crazy because, you know, starting with film and Polaroid backs mm-hmm. and working our way up through the digital transform the digital transition was rough. Like I remember shooting weddings on a Nikon. God, I can't even think what the camera body was, but it was just, we couldn't even print color because the skin tones were so awful.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, we didn't use Nikon. Then we went, we went from the F100, which was a Nikon film-based camera, Uh to Fuji S1.
1: Oh, yeah, because they had a great digital camera right at the beginning. They did.
0: Mm -hmm. And then we moved to the the 760, the Kodak 760. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, which was huge and heavy. (laughs) And then we moved to the S2 back to Fuji again back to Fuji yeah, and then it was Canon and always has been but I remember those days like I I don't think we ever had to do just black and white because of the skin <laughs> tones the skin like, tones were so and terrible and you're working with like a 2.4 meg file yes
1: <laughs> I know it blows my mind now like what we get to work with yeah. it's amazing yeah. yeah so we transferred we tr- transitioned from the Nikon digital to win Canon started getting really, yeah. right. you know, uh, competitive. And I remember selling all my Nikon gear, just like kind of sad, yeah. <laughs> but also ready for it. You, you know, were the technology doing, was you were doing what you had to do. Yeah. The right. technology was coming. So,
0: so, so that was a big shift. Mm-hmm. What since then, I feel like there's been several in the industry for you. How has, uh, how have the shifts Manifested since that big one.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest shift, because I worked for a um, a brick and mortar studio, mm-hmm. and we had a very specific style. We were um, put into this beautifully packaged box mm-hmm. that was portrait lighting, very classic, right, very traditional, which works, and that's what I was raised on. My, you know, my grandparents and my mom, they both shot in this very traditional, classic style, right, uh, which I still to this day, appreciate and respect. But when I left that company five years ago, I suddenly realized I don't have to shoot in anyone's box. Hmm. I don't have to answer to anyone. Hmm. I'm going to turn my ass around and shoot into the sun. Why not? <laughs> like, I'm going to do, I'm going to lay on my belly and shoot up. And
0: <laughs> how'd you get into martial arts?
1: Um, so uh, when I was in high, well, it was my freshman year of college. The UFC was just getting big. <laughs> and these um, <laughs> tiny Brazilians were kicking the crap yeah. out of these big old- yeah, We were old, talking about that the other Yeah, night. these yeah. big old meatheads. Yeah. And um, i had had a history of some, you know, sexual violence in my yeah. past. And so I had thought, okay, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is for smaller statured people. It's kind of how they um, advertise it. I'm not a large human, I'm a female. So I checked it out at a local gym and quickly fell in love. Just thought, oh my gosh, this thing is amazing. It's a great workout, it's a great um, mental challenge.
0: Because it's technical. Oh, there's right? you're, so you're, much you're technique a, you're a to technician, it. Yes, right?
1: yes. They call it human chess. Okay. Like you're basically move for move, and if you can be three moves ahead in your wrestling or your jujitsu match, then mm-hmm. you're going to be the winner. Mm-hmm. So it's this mental game as and it's well. It's happening as, fast. Oh yeah, yeah, for right, sure. Right. Yeah. So I I started then and then quit because. Uh, you know, I got married, had kids, like wanted to get my master's before I turned 30, get my craftsman before yeah. I turned 33. Like I had all these goals right. um and was quite driven. And so I accomplished all those goals and then um, was kind of looking for the next thing. And i had had my last child. And so I was ready to do something for me. And fitness has always been a huge um, happy spot for me and coping mechanism for me. Mm. So... Anything physical like that, I am drawn to. So I went back after my little one turned about three or four. It's been about four and a half years since I've come back to jujitsu, And it has just it's changed my life for the better. It's amazing.
0: Is it fitness that is your main MO with jujitsu, jitsu or what?
1: No, I think, um, I mean, there are so many things to jujitsu that I'm drawn to, but I think the, um... The mental clarity that comes from training because when you, and it's therapeutic, right? You go to jujitsu and you have to be there 100% present. Otherwise, somebody's getting hurt. Like you have to be able to focus on what you're doing mm. and be a good partner, mm-hmm. be a safe partner. Mm-hmm. Jujitsu is one of the only sports you can f- practice at 100% safely. Because we have the tap, right? So you can get somebody in.
0: Gosh, it doesn't seem like those. (laughs) I know about the tap, of course. Yeah. And I I watch a little MMA and I used to watch a lot of the UFC back in the early days when it was crazy. Yeah. We talked about that the other night, too. But it doesn't like those words don't seem like they make sense. (laughs) I believe you. Yeah. And I trust that. but you have, you have the tap and that's what makes it a hundred percent safe.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, it's your responsibility, right. To keep it safe, but it's not like you can do a full on boxing match with no gloves and, you Mm. know, or no headgear, Mm. Muay Thai, all those things. Like you can spar and we, you know, that's what we call it in jujitsu as well, but it's something that you can do a hundred percent with a partner and stay safe. You're, you know, tapping, you're giving Mm. up as soon as they're in, you know, some sort of submission, and then you start again, and it's always different.
0: <laughs> How does jujitsu help you be a better mother, a better photographer, a better wife, a better person?
1: So I think it is the therapeutic version, right? Uh-huh. My kids know when I haven't trained. <laughs> Why? How? Because I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> I get frustrated easily. My <laughs> patience level is, you know, low. And they either say, Mom, have you eaten?
0: <laughs> or they say, Mom, go to the gym.
1: <laughs> and they say, Mom, have you trained? Yeah, like yeah. go to jujitsu, go to strength yeah. and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. So it it just um I don't know if you listen to David Goggins. Do you know I know No, where... we
0: talked about that. Yeah. The other night. So right. he
1: talks about how as humans, once we empty the gas tank, like we are so much more able to take the stressors of life and roll with the punches and empty the gas tank like physical fitness, something. He's a marathoner right now. I
0: feel like for me, it's the opposite.
1: Hmm. I feel like I
0: need to fill the gas tank. And when I say gas tank, I mean, it's my stomach with, <laughs> with a cheeseburger.
1: Yeah. Well, and we also talked about that, right? How y- everybody I has know. their <laughs> coping mechanism. Uh, right,
0: right. Well, <laughs> and yours is so much, has so much better consequences than mine. I remember that conversation. Yeah, I
1: don't know that my orthopedic would uh, agree well, with you. <laughs> well.
0: But no, it, it is interesting though, like conceptually when you're saying, empty the gas tank. This is what Goggin says, right? Yeah. We need to empty the gas tank to, for what? To
1: be fully present, right. To be able to sit in whatever situation we are and have patience, I think, and and have a clear mind. And that's
0: what training does for you.
1: Yeah. Training does that for me a hundred percent. Yeah. And in turn, then I'm, you know, better able to deal with customer issues or, you know, Mothers of the bride okay. <laughs> or whoever needs my attention. Yeah. I can give my attention to fully when I myself have been taken care of and, it, you know, self-love there's this big movement of, you yeah. know, women, especially, you know, the caretakers and the nurturers have to be able to take care of
0: themselves first. Right. It's the whole, uh, you're on the airplane and the, Masks come yeah. on and put your you mask on first. Uh-huh, you gotta you first. you can't help others. Uh-huh. You got to help yourself first. Yep, 100%. Right. And so that's a big that's a big piece. Mm-hmm. And you see that play out.
1: Oh, yes. And just having something to myself, right? Mm-hmm. Something my husband doesn't train. My kids train some, somewhat, but they don't compete. Jiu-jitsu is mine. Mm-hmm. Like, jiu-jitsu is my happy place, my safe place. It's, you know, many, many, many of my best friends, train with me and it's just this safe, happy, healthy environment that you get to step into. I try and train five days a week at least.
0: Re- really? Yeah. Five so days like a week of jujitsu,
1: two hours, two to four hours, oh depends my. on.
0: <laughs> and to, then I love to, to 20 do hours a week, strength
1: and conditioning okay. as well added into there. At least two days of strength and
0: conditioning. They're not the same? Nope. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You need to come out to Utah and train with me for a week. Oh, it would be so fun.
0: I, I would probably be a pain.
1: No, it would be so fun. And you and I would discuss the food relationships.
0: Oh, that, that would be painful.
1: Yes. But sometimes, right? That's what I'm finding is like painful conversations, painful experiences mm. lead to breakthroughs.
0: Where, where do you see the very specific similarities between your love for photography and what you get out of that and your love for jujitsu and what you get out of that.
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting shift because for a many, many years I was driven by the paycheck. Mm. I wanted to make six figures. I wanted, you know, I had these certain goals I wanted that I based my own success on. Right. And now I feel like my successful feelings stem from healthier places. Mm. So I shoot only part time now and that kind of evolved from well first of all leaving that company I shoot way less and I make the exact same amount yeah. <laughs> which is just the well, difference working between working for yourself now, yes right. for somebody versus sure. yourself so I I was able to work a lot less when I left which enabled me to train a lot more mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized jujitsu and competing women's empowerment, self-defense, all of these things that I now fill my days with are more fulfilling emotionally and in my soul than a paycheck ever would be. So I've shifted my, um, shooting structure. I used to shoot a ton of weddings and families and little kids and seniors. I did it all. I've slowly whittled down over the last 18 months to two years, much more specialized. So, and I believe for 2019, I think I'm only going to shoot six weddings and then I'm for 2020, I will retire from weddings. I love weddings and I, um, depending on the family, like I just would never say no. Cause mm. I've been in the business 23 years. So you can imagine I have a lot of like seniors that I shot that are getting married now. Of course. Yeah. Right. Or families that I shot that right. now all, I've done all four of their daughters or right. whatever it is. So the, I'll always be able to do that. But, um, I've shifted to corporate. Mm. Yeah. And it's not that it, um, fulfills me creatively cause it's not creative at all. Yeah. Um, but it fulfills me in that I can make great steady income. The hours are very, very minimal. You right. know, you go into a company and you shoot for an hour, you mm-hmm. can get 35 employees done mm-hmm. and bang, full day commercial rate. Right. You know, it's great. Right. Um, but it also, so because that, those contracts are in place and I worked hard to get those contracts with the end goal in mind being to be able to train more jujitsu. Sure. Um, I have then been able to really, really focus and be present on the families that I'm shooting. Hmm. So, because that's my love. It's
0: like a full circle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of all goes around and is connected.
1: Yeah. It all has yeah, an impact on each other. So I, then when the families that I do shoot, I am 110% focused on the creative process and the relationship building. Then I am, okay, how many families can I shoot on a Saturday? Okay. I can shoot 12 families. That means, you know, which used to be my mentality.
0: So you you train others too, right?
1: Um, for photography or
0: for jujitsu jujitsu.
1: Yeah. So I have private clients, um, for jujitsu. And then one of my teammates and I, her name's Chelsea Kilpack. We run a company called empower Mm self-defense, which is, um, for females only. And we do ages, 12 and up because we do talk about, um, you know, some sensitive subjects with rape, Mm -hmm. with sexual abuse, um, and the sexual violence, there's a lot of scary statistics out there and nationally one in five women will experience some sort of sexual violence in their lifetime. And in Utah, it's one in three. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, right, I have two daughters. Oh, good. <laughs> There's well, three yeah. females in our house. Like, those right. statistics are not in our favor, mm-hmm. and those are just reported cases. Right. So uh, that's always been, because of my history mm-hmm. with sexual violence, it's always been a very important thing for me, for women, females, girls, whatever, to feel like they have some tools and they have the education to know what to do in different situations that, you know, are very, very uncomfortable. So Chelsea and I work really hard. We do one one big seminar a quarter mm-hmm. and we donate all the proceeds to a different charity that affects women's health.
0: It's aligned with your mm-hmm. vision. Right.
1: Yeah. So we did the Utah coalition against sexual assault last last seminar and we donated almost $5,000. Oh, goodness.
0: hmm Yeah, that's significant.
1: Yeah, we have and the community uh, feedback has been wonderful yeah. um, and we, Chelsea and I individually have been contacted by several, several, I mean, it's so sad but it's also um, makes me proud that we are a safe space that these women right. can contact us and talk to us yeah. and share their stories You're and creating
0: a space. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. A safe space. Cause that's right. what I needed. That's of what jujitsu was for me. Right. And uh, jujitsu is one of the, most effective self-defense arts for women specifically, because mm-hmm. it's all on the ground. Right. It's learning to fight off your back. It's learning to fight from the top. It's learning to subdue opponents that are much larger, right. heavier and right. stronger than you. Right. Yeah. So it all plays into it. And honestly, 90, I think the stat was 88% of sexual violence happens with an acquaintance or a family member. Yeah. yeah. So the education we do at our self-defense seminars focuses a lot on just knowing that you have a safe adult or you have a s- trusted friend or you know there's all sorts of education pieces that go into um re- you know seeing red flags mm. women and girls to see their worth that they you know and the shame taking the shame and the guilt out of it
0: what do you say to a woman that's listening that has experienced what you're what you're discussing and what on whatever scale or whatever level mm-hmm. that hasn't taken a step of towards empowerment, what do you say to them if they're, if they're afraid or if they're dealing with um, like self hatred or shame? Yeah. What do you say to somebody that's stuck in that spot?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing I would do is wrap my arms around them. (laughs) Yeah. And I would tell them that I am so sorry Hmm. and that nothing they did caused it. It's not their fault. Mm. And then I would leave it up to them. You know, people will only seek help when they're ready Mm. and you can't force it. And even wrapping my arms around somebody like that might be terrible for them. Sometimes the touch, sometimes that, you know, so you have to be careful, but my love language is touch. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if somebody's hurting, I want to just wrap them up and just make them feel safe. Because that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. Right. Um, and, you know, the guilt and the shame is so heavy a burden to carry. Right. And it, even though we're really, really good at putting on this face, this successful or this um, strong, happy, whatever it is, whatever face you want to show the world, we are so good, I think, especially as women, to put the put the mask on yeah. and get through the day. yeah, especially if we have kids. yeah, you know, <laughs> you just do it. Mm-hmm. So the first step is really understanding that it's not your fault. yeah, and that there are people out there that will love you and will support you and help you on your journey to healing without any judgment. It may not be your partner you're currently with. it may not be your clergy member that, you know, you want to go talk to it. It may not be there right away, but keep trying, keep reaching out, find people. There are so many communities that are here to support each other, especially through sexual violence, rape recovery, all of those things.
0: Do you feel like as a culture, there has been a shift in the right direction?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Men are finally getting called out on their bullshit. Yeah. 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 I mean, and are we? I mean, men are probably shocked. Women are not. Yeah. You know, at who's guilty and who's having a problem and who's
0: uh, you know gotten away with it. That's a really good way to put it. Shocked, and and to say that men are shocked and women are not, I get that to a degree. Like on one hand, I'm not. There's a lot of stuff that's come out that I'm not shocked at. Shocked at at all. Mm -hmm. But what struck me the other day and I didn't know if I was going to talk about this or not, but it made me, I was thinking about this, is that I saw, I might not get this 100% right, but I, I saw or I read a college professor speaking to a class and he separated the the men and the women in the class and started asking them questions about what it's like um, to go to their car at night, mm-hmm. like to go out from a, a building to your car's in the parking lot and he asked a series of questions to both genders, groups, groups separately, not together. And and like he was saying, like when you when you walk out to the car, do you or what are you thinking or how are you feeling? Like what's on your mind? And the boys were all like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, just get to the car. <laughs> I'm
0: hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat or whatever. Um, and the and the girls were like, Well, I made sure that I parked ne- close to a light. Mm-hmm. Um, intentionally, and then he was like, "When you walk up to your car, what do you do?" And the guys are like, "I get in my car," <laughs> and a lot of the a lot of the women were like, "I look, I look in the back seat, I look under the, I look under the car, um, I, I make sure that my keys are ready before I get there, and I have the car unlocked, and then when I get in, I lock it right away." Yeah, like all these all these things, and then he started taking those questions to the men and saying. Have you ever looked under your car? And they're all like, "No."
1: Yeah, why would Have I you do that? Looked in the back.
0: <laughs> Have you ever thought to look in the back seat? And they're like, "Uh huh." And there were like twelve of these things, right? And I'm reading this, and I'm putting myself—you know—I'm answering the questions myself. And I was—that's what shocked me. And it, and it shocked me not only because of what was, you know, what happened there, but also because I hadn't considered it. Right. Like I hadn't up until then. I don't I'm not surprised that that's that, that, that that's what happens sometimes. I'm surprised that I never thought about it as significant. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, but don't feel any guilt that you haven't done that. Well, <laughs> you're like <laughs> I do
0: feel a little guilt. I feel I'm surprised. Um I'm a little embarrassed, but because I, you know, my wife it, would do that and just does that kind of stuff like she just that's what that's how things are for her and I and it's not like that for me at all I've never considered any of those things and my daughter's nine and I I that's how it's going to be for her she's going to be thinking about those things they're going to be passed on to her like I have no doubt my wife will say things to her Mm -hmm. that she'll think of because that's how she's experienced life that I would never think to say hey make sure you park next to a light in a parking lot or like so when you come out to your car that it's that it's lit up you can see and i'm struck by that i think it means something important Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm processing it i'm working through it but i think my biggest thing is i want to be more sensitive and open to that and the and the why of that Does that make sense? Yes. And that's
1: why you shouldn't feel guilt over it because you are taking that information in and you're moving forward with it. Yeah. Well, ignorance and innocence are close. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. That's helpful. Like it's, and you do as well as you can until you know better, right? That famous Maya Angelou quote, Mm. and you're taking what you know now and you're going to do better. Yeah. That's all that matters. So let go of the guilt that you didn't think about it naturally from okay. a woman's point of view. Okay. Let go of that shit. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and move forward knowing that you have a nine year old daughter yeah. that you that's get a chance to help her.
0: That's the thing for me. Cause and I your want son, to. you get a chance to help. Right. You know and what I, I mean? And I really want to, and mm-hmm. I want to do that. I think that's the big piece for me, but I also want to, um, be cognizant of how things are for my wife too. Cause I know that I haven't been for so long either.
1: Right. Well, and that's the nature, I think, of the different genders, right? And in relationships, yeah. she probably, on the other hand, has no idea what it's like for well, you to do certain things. Right. Yeah. That's right? fair. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, what you're doing, uh, both in photography, but with martial arts is is a big deal. Thank you. And. I applaud you. <laughs> I do. I do. You made me cry. Oh, <laughs> Well, I was you, crying too. You <laughs> said you'd wrap your arms around. I did. Cause I wasn't even thinking of that. I was like, oh, she's going to have some really great pearls of wisdom for people. <laughs> and you did, but you started off with a, 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 like a picture of, of just embracing somebody and holding them. And that, that really got to me.
1: Well, and that's what we all need, right? It's just somebody yeah. To care and to hold space for us and Amen. to support us.
0: Thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I'm going to look forward to
1: <laughs> editing this and,
0: and putting this out there. Got to leave wait.
1: the tears in, man. Got to <laughs> leave the tears I, in. I
0: will. I will. I'll, I might get rid of mine, but I'll leave yours in there. <laughs> oh, 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 good luck with that, editing wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Mia. Thanks, Jed.